Welcome to Season 2 of Voices of Value, a conversation between Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton and their high-achieving guests from professional sport, Olympians, business leaders and ordinary people with value hacks to share through simple life lessons. If you're keen to reach your next level personally and professionally, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Rick and Peter. Voices of Value, it's Rick Rushton here with my very good friend Peter Kakos in our final instalment for Season 2 of Voices of Value. Pete, welcome. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be here and uh, wow, who could have imagined the challenges that life has thrown up over the past few months. So Amazing. It has been incredible. So um, this will be our final instalment of Season 2 and we'll be back in uh, in August for Season 3. But uh, let's go out with a bang for Season 2 and, uh, and, and just a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a recap of... Um, of, of what we've heard, but, yeah. but more importantly, a bit of a look, you know, from each other's points of view on on how we've dealt with it or what we've seen and what we've identified. Yep. Uh, being around the grounds, uh, yeah, let's let's share that with the listeners and let's delve deep into um, into these uh, strange and peculiar times that we're in. Uh, I love the pre-frame of that. I think that's a really smart way of wrapping up. But we do have to thank, obviously, everybody who's participated in this season because we've had, you know, from best-selling authors to peak performance coaches to just elite athletes right across the board. Everyone's just been so willing with their time and easy to give with their information and, you know, by default, Pete, we probably had a lot of solutions to COVID-19 before we knew the term. And when we think about it, it was sort of something that was sort of coming into our narrative around that back end of January, start of February. And then obviously it's become very clear March, April, May, June. And so as the rest of Australia slowly but surely starts to come out of lockdown, we, of course, here in Victoria have had to go back into a partial lockdown again. So just when you think you're through the other side, it's, it's really d- is showing that, you know, this is going to be with us for some time. So we're going to have to either you know react to those conditions or we're going to have to have better information to make better decisions and I think that's what today's about yeah absolutely it's also about resilience and uh, how we're how our coping mechanisms have been and it's a lot of people have been really tested in these times yeah and, and and we've searched and we've um, we've spoken to a lot of people and seen how people are um, identifying the challenges and, and and their coping mechanisms and and particularly these coping mechanisms and so forth and and what we look at but you know I look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy, and um, and I know we were speaking about this during the week in terms of and, and Maslow's hierarchy's been around for, for for quite some time. And if you're not familiar with it, you can just get online and have a, have a bit of a look. But it basically is a pyramid and talks about the human needs and those that are that are so important to you. If you have a look at Maslow's hierarchy, Rick, you know down the bottom you've got physiological needs, and these are things like the breathing, the food, the water, the shelter, the clothing, the sleep, the things we need to function. And then the next one up is safety and security, you know, the health, employment, property, family, social stability. If we just look at those two things, and and I think everyone has had this moment and we've heard about it's been a really good pause in life um, to get away from, you know, this busyness and everyone being busy, being busy. But if we go back to these uh, hierarchy of needs and have a look at the real baseline, that real foundational um, part of our lives, 
and the breathing, the food, the water, as we said, the physiological needs and also that safety and security, that's been a majorly important thing, hasn't it? Absolutely. And for those, again, as Pete was saying, if you're unaware of who Abraham Maslow was, he actually was posthumously awarded for this particular model, Pete. So it stood the test of time and it, it does get down to that motivational hierarchy. Once we've got certainty and security, then we start building up that ladder. And I think at the moment, what's been really taken away from a lot of our listening audience and a lot of the population of Australia and, and more importantly globally is that certainty about do I have a job and because their job defines who they are and as Shanna Kennedy spoke about when we interviewed her earlier in this season you know who are you without your job but for a lot of people that really defines who they are so the uncertainty around job security at the moment the uncertainty around finances at the moment it's a lot of scarcity around you know a simple thing like toilet paper made people make some interesting decisions so you know when you look at that model and talking about the first human need we have is this ability to provide security for ourselves and for our family and our loved ones and when that's actually being rocked at the pillar of you know if we can deliver that if anything happens it affects everything else up the ladder to a degree yeah. so you know we all want to be secure in our homes and we want to be secure in our jobs but when they're taken away from us in terms of income producing then it threatens whether we can pay the rent or the mortgage or the ability to sort of live moving forward it does affect everything else up that sort of uh, up that ladder or that up that pyramid if you will yeah and the next one the next one moving up the ladder and not to spend too much time on 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 the maslow's hierarchy but it really is it, it's incredible thing to really identify um, what is actually going on in the world right now and within ourselves right now because as we step up the ladder there we get love and belonging yep. and this is that connection and I think uh, it's interesting people are saying oh we can work from home it's amazing we can realize now how many people can work from home and our business has been doing it um, for, for several years now and it's not that important to sort of be in the office because if you can work from home and you can you know, be productive at home and don't need, you think of the commute times and everything like that. But one thing I think we've identified is that the missing of connection. Yeah. I think Zoom has been great for a period of time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's serving its need. Yeah. Zoom is not the answer um, moving forward in terms of a full time type thing. So I think that's, that's, that's got a part to play well and truly, but all of a sudden this, this, this friendship, this family, this intimacy, the sense of connection, that's the thing I think there's been so much craving around and just getting back to um, the importance of that eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly sort mm. of communication and that, that transfer of meaning is, is just so much more powerful when you're when you're face-to-face across from each other, isn't it? Absolutely, and it's in our DNA to connect. I mean, we're a social animal, realistically. It's our, you know, our go-to to get a lot of things in terms of how we want to support each other, how we want to progress with each other. But ultimately, you know, not, I don't want this lost on any of the discussion or any of the narrative, but the social distancing, really what it said, especially for those who have some emotional well-being challenges, is that probably that narrative didn't help you know, people that aren't comfortable in their headspace at the moment are being told to actually be more alone than they were prior to these lockdown periods. And so I just think we missed an opportunity there as political leaders, as world leaders, instead of saying social distancing, it should have been, you know, uh, probably a better terminology and whether that be personal spacing or something like that, just to give people, yeah, you, you need to stay away from others in terms of a physical presence, but it doesn't mean you can't stay connected to them. And and, and if there's one thing we know, having interviewed uh, some really good people in this space, the mental health space, Pete, that 
changing the narrative is fundamentally important from mental health to emotional well-being. And I just think social distancing said not only are we going to take away from you the ability to connect with others, but we're going to isolate you at home deep with your own thoughts in dark times. I think that could have been handled a little bit better too. But again, no criticism on any of our world leaders because ultimately at the end of the day, none of them had a COVID-19 manual that they could just yeah, pull out the, the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just uh, talk about it. So I think that was that was important. But what I love about uh, Maslow's is that it is a, an interesting model to see how it applies in your own life and then those that you care and connect about. Because what you'll find out is people aren't their behaviours. They're just responding to a stimulus that they don't really know how to actually handle it. So we're hoping that we've brought some good voices of value, pardon the pun, to your you know device this past sort of season where you are able to you know absorb some of their life lessons, some of their life hacks as you call them and, and bring them into play. But uh, you know I think Maslow's is a great one. It's really worth the 30 seconds it would take you to Google it. It's referenced a lot by a lot of, I mean, I think we first exposed, were exposed to it at a Tony Robbins course, or at least I was anyway, I remember that. Yeah. Um, it was at Life Mastery, I think. And he talked about Maslow's hierarchy and called it the six human needs, but uh, it's it's Maslow's motivational hierarchy, I think is how you'll find it. But no matter how you find it, get it and have a review of it and see how it applies to you and your life. Because these are, this is time, these are times that have, that have made us sort of go back and have a look at these these human needs and, and, and what is the baseline what are the real foundational pillars, if you like, that um, that make us who we are? Mm. Because it's interesting when you look at these times right now, those who are incredibly um, comfortable in these and, and strong pillars, strong foundations, and these aren't necessarily those that have been built in the last two or three months. These, no. are, these are foundations <laughs> that have been built with people over the past yep. you know, decades. Great point. Um, Great point. Yep. Because those who have done it well, you'll see those are the ones that are really thriving. There are some in the in, in the world now that are that are surviving. There are some that are barely surviving, um, and I mean by way of just just being affected by things as well. But those who are really comfortable in that space and still able to connect um, in a really powerful way, and still able to, um, I guess you know, look after their their health and their and and their employed and so forth. So those who are fortunate enough in that position to still be that way or they've adapted they've actually adapted to the to the change that has needed to be and we've seen some wonderful adaptations of, of businesses and what they've been able to do particularly with um uh the, the food industry mm. and restaurants and so forth and what they've needed to do. So those that have been able to do that have – you've seen those are the ones that move to the top of the uh, the hierarchy of the self-esteem and the self-actualization, which mm. is around the creativity, the spontaneity. Um, it, it's also an acceptance. Like it is what it is and, and yep. we've said this before, Rick, that it, it's not forever. As no. This too shall pass. Yep. So – We've got to move on to, okay, well, accepting for what it is, then we move into, so, okay, what are the actions that we're going to take to make a difference? And mm. those that have not sat in their hands or not not pulled a doona over their head, they've actually <laughs> got up, attacked the world, they've, they've, they've remained fit and healthy and they've been eating right, they've been exercising and so forth. So they've got that confidence, they've, they've been able to, you know, build that self-esteem and they've respected what's going on as it's, 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 it's a part of our life but it's not going to affect me in a negative way. And they've adapted, haven't they? I mean, they haven't just gone, oh, well, it's uh, you know, business as usual, it's regular programming resumed, even as we've come out of it to a degree in some description. But you know, they've actually realised that I'm not just going to get through this, I'm going to bring the best from this and, and see if I can add that to you know, my life post-COVID-19 and making sure that they're bringing the best of the lessons learned in that lockdown period. You know, I, the way I sort of love the reference, and it's, a, it's an old Jim Rohnism, but yeah, we're all in the same storm, we're just in different boats. And, and you 
you know, effectively the winds of negativity that have blown a lot of people to despair, fear, scarcity, you know, hopelessness. It's the same wind that is actually guiding others to opportunity, to pivoting their business, to adapting, to, you know, progressing through. And so the same winds are blowing on everybody. It's the set of the sail, as he would call it, the philosophy, the way you set up. And if you really think about that, there is some opportunities in the difficulty there always is. Now, these are easy words to say yep. into a podcast for 25 minutes for someone to listen to. We get that. But if we're really honest with ourselves, I mean, you know, as challenging as our times are, you don't have to go too far back into history to look at, you know, I think of my grandfather and I think of, you know, his, his decision – at a very young age to get his mum to go with him to the recruitment sort of um, building to sign up for World War One because he was underage and his, his mother signed off that he could go do that. And he was a guy jumping on a boat going across to Egypt, Cairo, to train to go fight in Gallipoli and all those sorts of places. And I just kind of think, you know, hearing his story about how he uh, um, not only did he see battle but he, he sort of uh, contracted typhoid, which was a killing disease in, that, in those days. And when he was put on the boat back from Cairo to Botany Bay in Sydney, they, he had a toe tag on, Pete, he, with, with mm. his serial number with not expected to survive journey. So they didn't even expect – So, but for his resilience, I'm not having this conversation with you because my father's not born and I'm not born by default. And I'd think about my grandfather and he went through World War One. He signed up again in World War Two, even though he didn't have to. He went through a Great Depression. There's so many things that they had mm. chucked at them in a very short period of time. And so we're getting our version of that right now. And it is really testing us to say, how resilient are you? You know, are you a downhill skier or are you someone who actually can work out, well, maybe I have to work out how to get back up to the top of the mountain again from a different set of skis. And yeah. maybe that's what the opportunity is right now for all of us. So resilience is a biggie. And I think if you understand Maslow's sort of motivational hierarchy, you can see where motivation plays its part, but it's obviously with some sustainable resources that help us become more resourceful as these challenging times continue. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a bit like that the dead fish can swim with the tide. Yeah, right. <laughs> it takes a live one to swim against absolutely. it. And, and at the moment, it's interesting, you know, on your phone, you've got Apple News and so forth, and it, it, um, it, it comes up, it dings, and all of a sudden, every single story that comes up is a COVID story. Yeah. And sometimes it's Sky News, and it's it, it, and it's like I'm reading it and I'm thinking, well, this doesn't really make sense, but I don't realise it's Sky News from the UK. <laughs> so I'm getting bought in, I'm being affected, you know, yeah. to some extent how I choose to be yeah. um, in terms of reading all, all the information that's sort of going on. So let's let's jump forward and talk about the lessons. And really it's about – it has been about um, – during these COVID times, it's been about building a muscle because when COVID came, it was interesting. The, the leaders stood up and put their hand up and go, right, I'm going to tackle this head on. And, yep. and the Zoom was – there was so much excitement, wasn't yep. there? Zoom's here and have a look at this. Let's jump on. Let's do this talk. And, and businesses all around the globe – Really, um, I think they adapted actually quite quickly, and I think they had to uh, because the spotlight was well and truly on the leaders and, and the companies to actually go. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. So some of the bigger companies, you know, and also not have to be big companies, but all companies that that I saw really did sort of step up. Yeah. The question is though, is was it sustainable, and how does it actually look now? Did we do it because we? had to do it at a time or did we do it because you know what this is a a really necessary shift in the way this could actually be be the new norm mm. if you like mm. um and i think that the acceptance that sort of came with that and the adaptability around that 
companies and people took some serious action in terms of what they what they did and what mm. they um, and, and how they did it. The question now, though, is: Are they still doing it? And are they doing it with the same intensity? Yep. Or was it something that you know now that it's okay? Now that the restrictions have eased and so forth, now we we let up. We probably don't need to have as many meetings. We can sort of go back to doing what we're doing and. And that, that I think is just a wasted opportunity. What have you got to say around that? Well, I think that's the analogy of getting through or from. If you just got through it, we tick it and go, well done. But what, 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 what do we learn from that experience and what, do, what were the benefits? What were the you know, upskilling, if you want to call it that? Because what we know is necessity is the mother of all skill, isn't it? So mm. we've had to do it because we had to do it. But now that we don't have to do it anymore, can we bring the best from that into our modern day and age? And I think we, you know, we've learned that it is quite okay to have um, you know, a bit of working environment at home and it's, it is quite okay to mix. You know, I'm loving some of the media that's out there at the moment of you know, people that are doing live crosses to news services and they're, they're an expert in the field and then a little child walks in and says, mummy, can I have a biscuit? And I just think, <laughs> how good is that? Because we are human and I, we're in the business of so many things, but the business of being human is probably what this experience has sort of taught us. So what I've got to say about it is I think anyone who just got through it, well, tick that box, but I think that would be you know maybe leaving a lot behind of what you learned about yourself in that sort of period of time and what you could bring with that to add into your mix, if you will, and into your golf bag, another club that you can use in, in the right sort of opportunity. But it was through necessity that we developed the skill. Now that the necessity is kind of lifting a little bit, what did we bring from our, from that experience, not just getting through it? I think that's really the message. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love the way that there was so much more interaction, I think, that, that I saw anyway than, than I was a part of and, and, um, and continues to be now because – we can't do everything ourselves and you do need that bounce factor. You do need that A team around you of people you can sort of talk to. Yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Even though we were and, and I found that people are so much more accessible, aren't they, when yep. you, you get them because there's less atto- appointments taking place and so forth. So it's a bit easy to get someone, you know, on the phone. But the whole the whole connection piece uh, has been has been an interesting one, and and also being able to sort of reach out to those that really do give you that zap. Mm. So there's either a sap or a zap. Yep. So there's those that sap the energy, and there's those that zap you, and you think, wow, you know, like you know, we just jump on the phone with each other, and inst- instantly it's yeah. a zap, and it's like you just jump off with a big yep. smile on your face. We but don't we don't really solve too many real life <laughs> challenges. We probably get into a lot of Seinfeld quotes. We probably get into a lot of things, but we do hang up with a little bit of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a bit of a well for me anyway, a, a big zap of energy, and uh, as opposed to those sapping conversations that you got to have. But I, I reckon the big change I saw, Pete, was instead of having maybe twenty three minute calls in an hour, you're probably having three twenty minute calls yeah. where you're getting, you know, compelling conversations, not small talk over three minutes, and the, and there's a real sense of this is a purposeful call as opposed to just you know ticking a box on a you know a database entry or you know I'm just checking in you probably don't want to do anything yeah I didn't think so okay hang out there seems to be a lot more pre-framing about why am I making this call what's the purpose of this call what's the main outcome of this call what can I give to this call and th- and therefore there's a, a better res- return on that investment and it might mean that you make less calls with better quality gains and high yield than ticking over a lot of calls that mm. don't really bring anything to a degree so that's what what I've found and I, I think getting around the grounds what you're hearing is people learned how to chunk their time so they're on task for big chunks you know 45 minutes to 90 minutes of just constantly calling and then taking a 15 20 minute break where they just 
do nothing and you know maybe rehydrate you know the ability to to be at home and then take a half hour walk around the block with your dog yep. is, is something that seems to rejuvenate sort of people throughout the day and get some some things going there and that's what i was, I was actually going to make the next point about about managing your energy yep. and so forth and your time because it has been an interesting one is it with yep. with the time that we've had and i know you've just gone you know sometimes i've, I've caught you in the afternoon and you've just done you know four yeah. to five back-to-back zoom yep. sessions and you and you said to me, and actually, if you can expand on this, you said to me about the energy that it that it takes in a, in a Zoom call, um, and you were drained a whole lot more. And yep. you're someone that's always got sort yeah. of high energy and presents for a whole day, but yep. you know, a 45 minute Zoom call can actually take a lot out of you. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I think it's the mental energy. So you're overthinking things that you normally wouldn't do in rooms. So uh, and then if it's a conversation you're having with, you know, a room full of people, sometimes you got to repeat the conversation multiple times on the same topic across the same team, but you can't get them all at the same time, especially with, you know, the work I do with companies that are, you know, based in Australia and New Zealand. So you know, it might be a certain time in in Melbourne where I live, but it's a different time in Perth, 2 hours behind, and it's a different time in Auckland, where it's you know two hours advanced, but yet that's the whole company. So they're trying to. So sometimes they'll say, "Can you do it two or three times the same message across you know two or three time zones?" And what I found myself doing, Peter, I was thinking, "Okay, did I think this? Did I say this? When, which which session did I do it on?" And I just found myself disengaged with the information and more trying to articulate in my own mind, "Am I repeating this, or you know, have I have I missed anything?" And so it was much more mentally challenging than physically. That's for sure because. Uh, clearly yeah you're really sitting down and you're not expanding too much physical energy but I just found I was more drained from the mental investment of time so I had to find new ways to sort of re-energize and you've probably caught me on the phone as I know you have all my best friends have caught me as I'm taking our dog Ted for a walk I think technically he takes me for the walk but (laughs) yeah I'm lightly puffing 30 if we if we really hammer through it 35 minutes if I take my time 45 minutes this is coming from a guy that lived near the thousand steps and never never did them once (laughs) Unbelievable. I know they're there. I knew I could see them from my front door. There's there's a great guy that you and I both know and and, and Matt Church. I think Uh, Matt Church is absolutely shout out to Thought Leaders uh, and Matty Church. Thought leaders, like he is just an incredible human being. And um I was just watching some some of his um, videos the other day, and uh, he was talking about his the ling- linguistical palette yep. and the words we say. It's interesting now, and 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 on those zooms when you when you when you especially when you're repeating to the same group um, as I do, you know, you, you've got to keep your powder dry and. Yep. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, use the words and not, not keep repeating the same message. I mean, repetition repetition is the mother of skill. However, there needs to be some adaptability in your yep. message. Yep. Um, same, same, but, you know, with, with a little bit of spark there. So the linguistical palette, yep. I think, is an interesting way to look at the, the words you say and, and what you say and how you say it and the, and the real meaning behind it. So that's been a real test, hasn't it, in it terms has, of yeah. – in terms of, you know, I think when, when you're on those Zooms, when you're in a room, you can sort of gaze out um, outside or whatever it may be. But when you're, when you're in front of a computer and so forth, you, you seem to be a bit more locked on. Yeah, you do. And and obviously most of the people that are in the meeting are on mute. You know, I did a, an in-room session. I've done now since we've come out of restrictions, I've done uh, probably about um, – it'll be less than 10, so more than five. 
um, in room sessions. I just did one today before coming here, and you know, I think we had uh, a group of fifteen socially distancing. It was all done properly, and I started off with a bit of an interaction exercise, Pete. And I said to some of the people in the room, uh, "Some of you have to unmute yourself." You're, this is yeah, like it was almost like their behaviour is such where they're just used to seeing in front of a screen and being presented to instead of interacting with. And I think that was kind of the lesson I took out of today. It's going to take point. a bit of time for people to to sort of get back to that. Yeah, this is a two way conversation, not a one way broadcast. Mm. Certainly the challenges with schools and and I really feel for the teachers and how they've had to adapt. Uh, Another thing, and I know with with my little seven-year-old and and, um, she wasn't a big fan of it because she didn't get – she just missed her friends so much and that connection even and that age especially. Absolutely. Not being able to sort of – you know, really interact as, as they could. So I think it works. It's got a part to play well yep. and truly. Yep. It's certainly not a replacement. It's more of an addition uh, in terms of what we do. But being productive, let's have a productive um, conversation about productivity <laughs> and talk about um, the things that, 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 that we've seen along the way and what, what people are doing because it really is important to manage your energy, not your time. Yeah. And and really um, look at those, I guess, those little hacks, as, as I say, of what people are doing uh, to uh, I get get through the day, make the day more productive because either you run the day or the day runs you. Mm. And just being – and I think one thing, and I'll kick it off, is working in blocks yep. for me, and I know how it's always been really important, but I think when you're in your home environment, when you're in your home office and so forth, yep. I feel that's been – an incredible um, identifier of, of, of a wonderful productivity tool yep. is to work in small chunks. Yep. It's amazing. So you know, half an hour, bang, then get up, go make yourself a coffee or, or as you said before, you go walk the dog or whatever it be, bang, you're back into work. There might be another 45 or a 90-minute sort yep. of block. Yep. It's incredible what you can achieve in that time with, you know, with less distraction. I've got to tell you, that's you know we, we've known for a long time that it's not time management, it's choice management. And if you can choose to actually be productive in chunks of time, knowing that there is a, a deadline coming, knowing that you do have an opportunity to take a break within a certain period of time, what I find there, Pete, is you get uber productive really quickly and especially it speeds up as you get closer to the end of that time chunk because you know that you've got limited time left to do what you need to you know, originally want to get from that particular chunk. And that leads me to my second point to that. Your, your point about time chunking and, and blocking is really smart. And I think if you marry that with the choice of what your outcome is before you actually enter that time block, it's you've got a much better chance of achieving it if your outcome's focused, not time focused. So, you know, it's not just the time spent, you know, whether it's 45 minutes or 90 minutes on calls or 45, 90 minutes on, you know, creativity or whatever, whatever you've allocated that time to be, make sure you've got an outcome for it at the end of that. Because the funny thing happens, we don't always get what we want, but we pretty much get the outcome we go predicting mm. that we're going to find. So let's make sure that if we are chunking our time, we've got a clear outcome about what we're trying to achieve from that. And the, and the, and the third one I'll throw back to you is, uh, and this is just something that's come up really heavily in the last week or two because everyone's running out of puff. You know, they've normally, this is the time of the year in the Southern Hemisphere where most of the people I coach or am connected with in a professional sense, they're taking a break and they're moving to a warmer climate with their families. It's school holidays in Melbourne 
um, which is interesting because you can't really go anywhere because we're back into parts of lockdown. It's like no, Queensland won't let us in, and Sydney hate us. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is you know, unfortunate. And you know, Perth's like you know, welcome to Australia. Perth's their own little country. <laughs> They've got it all sorted out there. But it's just interesting that a lot of the people I'm talking to, Peter, just on their last sort of you know wind, and and they're really looking. But what I've sort of found is the third part to this production scenario that we're talking about is if they've got the promise of the future they'll pay the price in the short term i.e so as someone we've had on this program and he won't mind me sharing this with our listening audience uh, and i get i get the great fortune to coach him but uh, you know for craig williams to say mate i'm coming to the end i've got you know there because horse racing has been the only sport that's continued all throughout this lockdown they had about you know when the rest of the country was stopping in every sport horse racing was the one that continued on this is the time of the year where willow normally takes a break with his wife lacer and their kids and they're on holidays and his holidays are pretty full-on holidays. He works incredibly hard. But yeah, he hasn't been able to do that because there's been constant racing. Uh, they've lifted the weight scale so therefore you know he can ride heavier if he wants to which means he doesn't have to potentially miss out on rides. So he's riding most, most weekends, he's riding eight, nine, ten rides plus track work, plus, plus, plus. And I just said to him, what you got to do, even though you can't set an international destination, could you set a ski holiday up with the kids and Lacer and... And he said, just actually planning that and locking that in, even though it's not there yet, just knowing that that's on the horizon has given him just a real zap in the short. Now he goes, I don't know how long it's going to last for, but his season ends effectively at the end of July. So you know, he's only got a few more weeks to go, but he's got the reward for effort that he puts in today. The reward's coming up. And I think the th- mm. you know, that third part is, so yeah, definitely block or chunk your time. Definitely have, have a, a choice management, not a time management philosophy. Get a very clear outcome on what you're doing in those blocks. That's really important. And make sure you've got some reward for effort, i.e., if I do enough of this for long enough, I'm going to enjoy that and it's only a few short weeks or a few short months away and see if that sort of gives you that, you know, short-term challenge is overcome because you can see the long-term reward that's coming up in the next, you know, month or two. Mm. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. If you make it simple, we, we are, the simple things in life, and I think that's something we've yep. identified over the past few months. Haven't we? <laughs> it's the simple things in life that, that, that make the biggest difference and just getting, getting out of town for one or two days or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be big, but it has to be something. Yeah. Um, and I think that you're really – that helps with a coping mechanism to be able to sort of turn the brain off. Even even going back to January, Rick, and I think I may have mentioned this on a, on a previous podcast, but, you know, turning social media off yeah, um, for 30 days yep. was an absolute – Oh my God, goodness! It was a, just a dream. It was an absolute dream. Um, most of us, with our businesses, it's, it's it's impossible to do that for any huge lengths of time. But even if you did it for seven days or for fourteen days, um, or you divert your phone to someone else in the office over the over you know a three day period or a four day long weekend or whatever it may be, little things are going to make massive difference. And I think we've all seen that now. Absolutely. Yep. And we're not. We don't need. Um, we've learned to live rather slimly you know my, my life didn't change too much i'm not not going out to pubs and clubs and um restaurants all, all the time and all that sort of stuff so it hasn't yeah. changed too much but it's i think that you, you sort of do sometimes feel that restrictive nature of yeah. of, of choice when you when choice gets cut off yeah and now you have choice and you're just looking for a simple thing i just want to go and have a meal with you know four or five of my closest friends at a, at a really nice restaurant or or go over to the um family's home and have a barbecue or whatever it may be there there's simple things and i think those things now are going to really light up our lives even more now than they ever have because you just get that that level of appreciation has now uh has now you know well and truly uh lifted 
I think that's right. And mm. I think the other thing is is that it is, uh, and you know, without giving too much away, um, conversation I had in the last 24 hours with a, a, a pretty high-end business operative owner of a company, uh, he tells me that what he's learned when I talked to him about managing the gap between the stimulus of work and his belief was just work harder, you know, keep lobbing things onto me. I'm a leader, just mount, you know, I've got broad shoulders, load me up. But even he felt over the last sort of fortnight, Pete, that he had just come to his tether and he didn't want any more. And I, I said, you have to think about some ways to just get a, a refresh and in between the stimulus of doing the work and having the meetings and leading the way and all that sort of stuff. What's something that will help you switch off? So what he's done, which he loves, and I won't give anything away in terms of his name, but he says he gets, he's got this old wireless transistor radio and he turns it to like magic 1278, I think it is, and he plays it and he lets it crack. It's a little crackly and he's got his papers on a weekend and it takes him back to when he spent time with his granddad and his grandmother in her in their house and it takes him back to when he was at a simpler time when he was a kid and he had no stresses, no worries, but he always remembered hearing, you know, the, the swing songs, the crooners, the whole sort of thing and he's he's telling me about this and as, as he's talking to me, you can see him on Zoom, he's lighting up and he's going through it with me and I'm going, you know what? That wouldn't work for me, but it <laughs> clearly works for you, and that's really what you're talking about there. It's got it's not one size fits all. You've got to find what works for you. I've got uh, another friend who I coach who who runs a, a, an incredible dentist <laughs> practice. He's actually my dentist, so without giving too much away, he's got more than six thousand songs on his iPod. That when you have a session with him, with your mouth full of bloody Novocaine and cotton bull butts, he'll give you as he's playing it randomly, if you can name every song while you're in the chair by song title or artist, you don't pay for the consultation. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's just like I get I get close on – so I've never been able to bloody win though, the bastard, because he's got <laughs> such an eclectic – he'll have something from like Quando, Quando, Quando. <laughs> and you're right? pretty damn good yeah, at this. And so, yeah, and I love this. So Inglebert, Humperdinck, great. Next one it's like something and I go, who the hell was that? And he goes, that's Slipknot. And I go, I don't even know what that is. He's got a, such an eclectic range. But he just says, being a dentist, he couldn't tell you how many – how many consultations he's done during the day, but he remembers every song that's played. He's got, mm. and that does it for him. He gets lost in the music, and I'm thinking, I'm hoping you pulled the right tooth. If I had to have one, that's, a, that's a profession that um, that people find it well, that, challenging and so forth. Apparently, them and vets. Apparently, vets don't like it. They, they deal mm. with their mental health too, especially having to put you know uh, much loved family members down. I only found that out because uh, we've had a cause to do that in the most recent times. So, but I think they're the they're the real nuggets that we hope that we've been able to not just cover over this sort of season, but more importantly, put some resources in front of you, whether that be from a world-famous athlete, as we've interviewed, or a, a high-end coach who you may not know, or a best-selling author whose book you may have read. Or you know, I'm really proud of that catalogue, and I've said this not from you know an egocentric point, but from a, you know there's a lot of podcasts out there at the moment, but it, it can be just you know two friends waffling over a, a microphone and, <laughs> and see if it goes somewhere. But I think we've been very clear with the, why we do what we do we want to bring the very best we can the people we know and you know some of the the people we've collaborated with over this season specifically uh has really set the bar for us because we know it's going to be you know another incredible season in august when we start season three we've got some great people that we're lining up for that one we've got some great things we want to share with our community going forward with some of the things we want to do outside of lockdown and you know maybe an interactive sort of post opportunity of covid to really re-engage with who we are as individuals and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, whilst there's been a distinct change in the way people live, there's there's been a distinct change in, in the way people think. 
and 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 what their needs are. So um, we've collaborated with um, another couple of uh, uh, amazing ladies, which um, former which, guests, former, former guests. guests as well, which yep. we will release in, in in season three. But we're about to launch a new business yep. as well, um, uh, alongside what we do on a day to day basis. But we're super excited about Incredible. that, and and Incredible. we're very happy to. It's amazing when. The, the time is, was just perfect and the, all, the, all the stars and planets aligned mm. and we sat in a room last week and, and we mapped it out and we planned it and i got to say, the, the look on everyone's face and when the eyes lit up, it <laughs> was we were in our absolute zone, in our absolute happy place. I was late. Yeah, and you were late. Uh, but, Which is unusual. <laughs> but um, but we're, we're super excited to sort of launch that. So what are you launching? What are you What are you bringing out of COVID? As I said, you know, many weeks ago now is don't don't miss this opportunity where you've had time to sort of reflect and pause and 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 take out of this what the next plan is moving forward. So as we wrap up um, season two, couple one thing I just want to um, one thing I just want to share, which is um, which is Warren Buffett's two list strategy. And I was reading this and a, and a great book, and I think I've mentioned it before, Atomic Habits. I've got to yep. say it's one of the, the very best books I've ever read and it's an absolute must if you haven't read that yet. But, um, but he talks about um, Warren Buffett and his two-list strategy and, and I think Warren was talking to, uh, to, to one of the pilots um, of, his, of his private jet. And, um, <laughs> as you as do. You, yeah, as you do. <laughs> I often talk to my pilot, my private jet. But, uh, but he, he told him to write down the top 25 career goals, okay? So um, now these might be career goals. These might even be just goals for financial year 21, Rick. Yep. But the top 25, okay, that's, that's step one. Um, step two is to review the list and circle the top five. So just the top five. So review the top 25 and circle the top five. Now, this will then create two lists, list A being the five that you've, um, that you've circled and list B being the 20 that you haven't. Now, interestingly, most people will look at the 20 that you didn't circle and, and, and you might dabble in them during while you're doing your five main ones, you'll dabble in, in the 20. Here's the key message is forget about the, top, the other 20. Yep. Absolutely forget about the, the 20 that you didn't circle because you need to avoid them at all costs. Yep. Um, they get no attention yep. until you've ticked off the five that yep. you're going to do. That's a good narrow of the focus tip, isn't it, really? And and that's really what it is right now and at the moment. And the reason I say that is if you look at – and if you're like me and you, you've been a bit mad on social media uh, the past few months and you are getting absolutely bombarded with, oh, learn, click here, click yeah, here, click right. here, whatever it may be. <laughs> All of a sudden it's um, yep. you, you've got about, you know, 100 balls in the air. That's it. Um, whilst I'm on that, Duolingo would have to be one of my favourite apps. I'm learning Spanish at the moment. Yep. And How's the other one for- um, Can you give us any? Yeah, oh, no, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> uh, and then there's there's Elevate with brain training. But, you know, I've got about, I think I've got about 70 or 80 apps on my phone, which I need to actually get down. But anyway, point being distraction and point being that, you know, we've got 20 or 30 things that we want to do. It's got to get down to the five right now. And as we leave this season two- um, go back, sit down, write out those 25, narrow it down to the five things you want to do. Uh, might even be in the next 90 days. It might be yep. in the next you know, financial years, as I said, might be in the next three years, whatever it may be. Start to focus on these things. And when we, uh, when we kick back off with, uh, with a beautiful season three, which I'm so excited about, um, sometime in August, we'll be, uh, we'll be launching that. 
And um, and I'm just just smiling, just thinking about. I know some of the the speakers that we've um, yeah. that we've got lined up, which is um, which is going to be super fulfilling for all of us, as we love bringing them to you, but we love it for ourselves as well to um, to really pick their brains and get even more life hacks. Ah, oh, absolutely. And to that end, we do need to absolutely thank every single guest that's been a part of season two. It was something that we started with the hope that we could probably nail some of these you know, you know high end people. They were so willing, and that's the thing we've learned all the way through this hasn't it Pete that we've got so many people in the our community our connective if you will that are very happy to come on to the microphone or in front of the camera and share and so we've we've had such a great time and hopefully you've enjoyed it too and we're going to ask your support in season three we want our audience to grow and build and not because of the fact that we want to have the ego attached to having such a, a big subscriber pool it's really more about the fact that we're passionate about the information we're sharing and and we're doing it with the expectation that it will have real value to you and your world and your sphere so on behalf of uh, you know Peter and myself we want to thank every guest we want to thank our incredible producer Tom who does so many so many magical things it's kind of scary and <laughs> especially over where we had zoom and different audios and the whole sort of thing and yet he puts out a world-class production each and every time and so that in Dom we say Thank you very much. And the final thank you is to you for being, you know, listening, uh, sharing this journey with us, giving us suggestions on speakers, giving us suggestions on people you want to hear from, authors, uh, coaches, things of that nature. And, you know, as they continue to come in, we'll continue to research and we'll continue to, to reach out to them and see if we can continue to bring value to your device as regularly as we can. So on behalf of my good friend, Peter Kakos, it is a very big thank you to you, a big thank you to all of our guests, incredible support team that we've got with Dom and all of the crew there and more importantly thank you for your involvement with Voices of Values. We'll see you on the other side Season 3. See you in Season 3. Thanks Rick. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton, Peter Kakos and their valued guests. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. And we love to hear both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Additional information can be sourced through our website, voicesofvaluepodcast.com. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way. <laughs>